Welcome to Divorce Talk with Nicola Beer, a show dedicated to creating change and emotional healing for executives, professionals and expats in the various stages of marriage breakdown and divorce. Discover insightful strategies to better manage your personal affairs and learn secrets to creating more happiness, love and success in your life today. I want to tell you a little bit about our call today, which is the second part of a a series that we are um, having at the moment. The um, series is called Dealing with the Marriage Crisis, Finding Your Way Back to Happiness, Finding Your Way Back to Happiness. And in this particular episode called How to Save Your Marriage, Avoid Divorce and Find Happiness Again, um, we're really going to be diving into how to support you in finding out the steps to save your marriage. So um, to introduce our, um, our themed um, expert guest, uh, Nicola Beer. Hi, Nicola. Welcome. Hi. It's great to be here. Awesome. So let me just tell everyone about you, Nicola. So um, Nicola is an expert coach. Um, she's an expert relationship coach uh, and a leading authority in how to save your marriage an international best-selling author in, with four books and has been featured on networks such as ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News Network, Huffington Post, and the Wall Street Select. Wow, quite a, a, an array there. And she works with individuals and couples from all over the world to transform their marital situation and restore the love, passion, respect, and happiness. She also works with children and teens who are dealing with the fallout that divorce can bring to ensure they come through the experience whole and well-adjusted. And you can find out more about Nicola on SaveMyMarriageProgram.com. That's SaveMyMarriageProgram.com. And also PurePeaceCoaching.com. PurePeaceCoaching.com. Okay, so without further ado, let's uh, jump into our call. I'm so glad that we're, you're here again, Nicola, for us to have the second episode together. It's, it's going to be really interesting to dive into this topic. Yeah, it's a topic I'm really passionate about. Yeah. People to really transform their marriage and stop divorce. Yeah, great. So just briefly, Nicola, before we dive into the heart of this conversation of um, saving a marriage. Um, if you could just tell us a little bit about what you do for those who haven't um, heard anything about you yet. Sure. So I'm, I'm really focused on helping couples to really enjoy their marriage, to, to, to take the transformational steps, to change things around. Um, a lot of people will, uh, a lot of the, the couples I work with are either one-to-one or on my online program will say that they're staying together because of the children and I firmly believe that if you are staying together because of the children then you need to get happy um, together because of the children so that's one of the main areas that I focus on and then what we'll be talking about in in another show is if divorce has been decided then helping children by helping the parents divorce as as pain and as stress free as possible wonderful it's such, it's such um, powerful work that you do, Nicola, and I love what you say about, you know, if, if you plan to stay in the marriage for any reason, then then it's time to get happy. I think that's such a powerful statement. So, um, you know, and there is the possibility, and I, I remember you saying in our last episode, our last interview, um, that the majority of, of uh, marriages can be saved. So, you know, I think that's such a powerful statement. Um, and something for people to really lean into, you know, um, as, as um, you know, something to to give them that hope, you know, that there is possibility of, of actually healing and, and having a marriage that works and makes them happy. Absolutely. Trust can be rebuilt. Love can be rebuilt. If, if the couple are taking the right actions. Yeah. And I guess that's key, isn't it, action? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to talking about things or hoping things will get better with time is where people get stuck and 
then they get they lose hope, and if you lose hope, it can really erode the the relationship. Yeah, I'm sure that there are lots of couples out there where one of them has just kind of given up, you know, and that that obviously is not going to um, support any um, growth in the in the marriage, you know, especially if they decide they are staying together. So. Um, you know, making that decision to move forward is, is a huge one. Um, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, Nicola, what do you do when um, a marriage is falling apart? Um, you know, there's tension and distance is increasing and, and you know, the, the partner refuses to get help. You know, I think that's a huge key, right? You know, if, if someone, one of the yeah. couples don't actually, as I said, they've given up, they... they they don't really, or they, or they don't feel they need the help. You know, I think there's a lot of stigma around asking for help, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're struggling in your marriage and your your partner says that they they don't want to get any help, then I think that you've really got three choices. Mm-hmm. You can get divorced, which will inevitably, you know, be a, be a very painful, stressful not to mention expensive, all involved situation. Yes. You can, too, cut out the marriage without working to improve it, where you decide to accept that you know, the life and the love that you hoped for is not going to be there, and you just have to accept the way things are. Mm-hmm. Or the third option is that you can face up to the fact that things aren't working and that you're miserable, and... Start saving your marriage on your own. Mm. So, and, and if you do look at focusing on saving your marriage on your own, one of the myths is that it takes people to tango. Well, actually, it doesn't. You know, if you think of all dancing anyway, it's always one person leading. And it's the same with saving your marriage. You know, it, it takes one person yeah. to, to take the lead because. As one person, if you're listening to this, you make up 50% of the marriage. And with the right attitudes, with the right actions, with the right intention, you can have an 80 to 90% influence. And I do witness this all the time. So if your partner is refusing, the best thing you can do is just to accept that. Accept their, their wishes. Don't try and force them. Mm-hmm. And just ask them, you know, is it okay if I begin working on the marriage on my own or working on, on, on the relationship on my own? And most husbands or wives I've, you know, found is that their partner has said yes. And then they, they admire their partner. They admire their partner for a while. They're actually care enough about me, care enough about the relationship that they decided to, to work on it. And... When you bring more happiness into the relationship, when you suggest new activities, when you're less resentful, more communicative, more giving, it's impossible for someone around you not to change. Yeah, that's it's so powerful, um, Nicola. Um, you know, because I think so many people feel like they, you know, if they're on their own trying to save the marriage, then it's not worth it. Um, I think what you've shared in this particular instance is, is um, you know, probably gives people a lot of hope. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, the question is, you know, can they believe it? Do you have any sort of examples or, or um, situations that you can speak to that where that has happened? Yeah, so actually, I was surprised even myself when I created the online program that 40 to 50 percent of the people actually join on their own. Wow. I was working, yeah, yeah. I, I was working with a lady called Rita, mm-hmm. and she was unsure, you know, do, do I wait or do I join the program? And they, they were suffering. They just had no communication yeah. for two years and obviously no intimacy. And all their communication was about the finances. It was about the children, logistics, who's picking up, yeah. who... But there was just no connection at all. Yeah. And so she started on the program and she started learning, okay, what she needed in the relationship, 
and working out what her, her partner needed and started realizing how to um, create a, more, a, a warmness from him because mm-hmm. he was very cold. So she started doing things that he, he liked and, and in this case it was picking up his dry cleaning and making his favorite meal, just small things like that. And he just completely started to shift. Wow. And then they started to communicate more. And and then literally, after about, I think it was about in the fourth week, he wanted to join the program with her. He wanted to do it mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she was able to, to really see a shift for him, whereas before... He, he says that he doesn't believe in marriage counselling. Yeah. Um, when, when I hear that, I do think, well, in some ways, I, I don't blame them. If the traditional marriage counselling that you're talking about is two people coming together, mm. talking about their problems, often that makes things worse you know, for some couples because, yes, you're communicating, but you're communicating in a negative way. You're bringing everything up, yeah. and that's why you should stop talking in the first place. Most couples that say they haven't communicated and, and communication has shut down is because the communication they have had mm. has been arguing. And yeah. so definitely see why a lot of men and a lot of women will think, well, maybe it doesn't work. But if you spoke, if you have actions mm-hmm. and you're going to be doing more than talking, you're going to be showing love through actions, mm-hmm. then it can, it can make a huge difference. And, yeah. and also... But just bearing in mind that you, even if you, you can't make someone change ever. Yeah. I mean, and if you do, then it's going to be very short-lived because we only change things about ourselves and in our lives if we want to. And to, to get someone to change, you need to inspire them. You need to motivate them. And that's exactly what you can get from doing marriage coaching or joining a program is you can learn how to motivate, how to inspire. And I definitely think it's quite inspiring when I see all of these men and women change things on their own. They don't wait for for their spouse to join and they don't push them or they don't think they don't think that they've got no power. They actually step into their power and I really admire that. Yeah, that's amazing. Um and I'm sure that there must be so many different circumstances that bring someone to to get the that support. Um, Nicola, I know you you briefly touched on some of the actions they could take, you know, that could start making a difference. But you know, when you've had a, someone, you know, maybe a spouse cheating on someone, and the trust has gone, or um, you know, there are deeper issues at stake. Um, I'm sure that um, you know you have. Um, situations where that's happened where you've um, helped them to to deal with those too, right? Yeah, I mean, affairs, unfortunately, are quite common. Mm. Um, And normally it's a breakdown of of the emotional needs not being met. Sometimes it's because they're they're looking to take revenge. And sometimes it's just there's absolutely nothing wrong in the current relationship that they're tempted and, and there's been that pull. But either way, whatever the reason, the marriage needs to be healed and trust needs to be rebuilt. Yeah. And the straight at the beginning of the work that I, I do with couples is help them to work out how to rebuild trust. Because mm. you can't rebuild trust by saying, I'm sorry, I won't do that again. Yeah. You know, the amount of talking making reassurances doesn't work. It's, it's like, compared to a light switch, I like to say, so trust, so it's not, trust isn't something you can just switch on like a light switch. Right. It's more of one of those, those dimmer switches that uh, you need to turn around. You need to, you need to build trust. It takes time and it takes time through actions and seeing that they can trust you and also how much that they apologize and, and show that heartfelt um, empathy that they understand the pain that's been caused and then can rebuild. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's quite um, uh, an in-depth, um, well, there's so many facets 
to this experience, I guess, you know, but um, um, I know you've probably faced so many different um, situations. So, um, Nico, what, what are the most common objections to, um, you know, um, getting, taking steps to um, saving a marriage? So I'd say that there is, the, the one I mentioned, which is about, you know, they don't think marriage counselling yes. will work. Mm -hmm. uh, and often people will make that assumption without even ever finding out more about it. Yeah. But, but I, I do believe, you know, if you are considering it or if you're unsure, then find out, speak to a few mm -hmm. people and see their approach and, and whether you have a fit with them. Mm -hmm. uh, another area that people, um, or objections that people have is that they want to fix it on their own. Yeah. That they, they say, I've had um, men or women say to me that um, if they can't save the, their marriage on their own, then what? You know, then, then they shouldn't be together. Now, mm -hmm. I don't really agree with that. Mm -hmm. However, I can understand where they're coming from. They, they want to be able to work together as a team. They want to keep things private. They don't want to share their, um, their, what they're going through. And so for couples like that, um, it doesn't mean that you can't have help. I mean, that's why I created the online program, because you don't actually have to ever talk to me as, a, as an expert if you don't want to. There's that ongoing weekly support. But if you have questions and you really want to keep everything anonymous or private, then you can submit your questions by email or by a chat, and then I will answer all the questions, and then you can take the audios every single week, step by step, and save your, save your marriage on your own. That's really interesting, Nicola, because, um, you know, the, um, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of issues around people wanting to reach out to get support because of the whole privacy issue, and especially, um, you know, because it, it probably touches on a lot of uh, intimate details of their marriage that they don't really want to share with someone else. And um, you've provided um, a way for them to get that support um, in a very safe way. So that's really fantastic. Yeah, it's been actually very popular, especially in certain cultures where it's just you just don't ever talk about your private matters. And I think it's a good good way for people <laughs> to get some guidance yeah. and you know make sure that they can get yeah. the happiness the closeness that they deserve. Yeah. And you're in Dubai, Nicola, so I'm assuming, um, you know, when you say other cultures, you've had that experience with um, the um, the Arab culture over there. I, I, don't, I hate to um, say that without knowing that I'm saying the right, it the right way, but perhaps you can elaborate a little bit more. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. That's exactly it, the Arab culture. So the Arab culture traditionally is you, you keep your private matters private, don't talk about any any problems. Everything steps in, and I think that has a lot of strain on people because they they have to, they feel that they have to solve all, you know everything on their own, and that can be quite difficult because if we if we go into our minds mm -hmm. and we stay stuck in our minds rather than doing any actions, it can um, it can cause us stress. It can cause us sleeping problems a lot to take on if, if you're having problems not to be able to talk to anyone yeah. or have any, any kind of support. And I'm sure that, you know, there are other nuances as well from, uh, you know, if you come from a culture where there's a, a, a real dominance from the male perspective, you know, how do you, how do you um, shift or, or um, create influence in that kind of situation? And, um, you know, it sounds to me from the work that you've done, Nicola, that you actually have really helped couples, you know, um, even in the, even with that um, aspect of the culture. Yes. Um, I mean, there's lots of different cultural aspects that we mm. can, can work with. So. Yeah. Fascinating. What, what other objections um, come up? I think um, sometimes... People don't have the, the, 
the time or they say they don't really have the, the investment, the finances to work one-on-one with someone. Mm-hmm. And again, um, or they work very long hours, they're having time to, to meet with a marriage expert is, is difficult. And again, that's why I, I created the online program so that people could just log in whenever they want. And what is another objection that I get a lot here is that you're, um, where couples, one is in Dubai and the other one is in the UK, or one is living in Saudi Arabia and the other one is living in the US. Mm-hmm. And wow. they cannot be, go to marriage counseling in the same office at the same time. Wow. It amazes me that, they, that, that people have relationships like that where they're living in different countries. <laughs> Yes, well, um, it's normally driven by work. Yeah. So if, if you can't get a, a good, good job or in your home country, then often one will stay as an expat, and the, the, normally it's the wife. The wife will go home and be in the home country. And mm-hmm. it's also sometimes schooling choices. You know, where are the best schools for the children? Yeah. Yeah, I work with a lot of long-distance marriages. Wow, interesting. Okay, great. Um, is there, are there any examples of, of someone who's actually given you um, some feedback around some of the work that you've done with them uh, that you want to share? Sure. I mean, the feedback I tend to get from a lot of people is that they, they wish they'd worked on their marriage sooner. Yeah. They wish that they didn't get so, so bad. Yeah. Uh, because... So, you know, that can come up a lot where they think, well, why has it taken for us to literally start to hate each other? Wow. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. people start with the past. Yeah. And I can tell that and they say we've got a communication problem. And I can tell that they actually have actually stopped liking each other. Wow. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, you, you know, it's really, okay, let's make a commitment back on letting go of the resentment in us. Mm-hmm. And let's start being friends, and then we can work on the intimacy and the attraction. But often, if the friendship is completely gone, then that needs to be to be to be worked through. And when couples start applying the steps and being more loving towards each other, and agreeing that the past is the past, and making a commitment, and creating a new shared soul and business together, which is throughout the programs that I do, they and really get back to a level that they never thought was possible. And sometimes they'll say to me that their relationship is stronger than it was at the beginning because they understand each other on a deeper level and they've they've really connected, they've really aligned their dreams. Because I believe that for long-term relationships and and long-term happiness, we need to be able to fulfill our own dreams individually and as a couple. So I do a lot of, okay, discovering what people's dreams are and helping to align them so they've got that consistent fulfillment in life. Yeah. Wow, that's very interesting, and it makes so much sense as well, Nicola. So um, I know you wanted to share about, um, you know, two women who started the Save My Marriage program alone. Do you want to share a little bit, you know, of the excerpts of what they've said to you as well, Nicola? I'm sure that our listeners would be very interested to hear. Sure, yeah. So it's quite common for for men or women to to join on their own. Mm. And a lot lot of them, well, these two cases in particular struck me because Mm. at the beginning, they, they both had the mindset of, I'm doing this, but why should I do this on my own? Why should I be the first one? And once we worked through that, one one of the ladies said, um, Lisa, that she wouldn't have wasted five years suffering if that she knew that it would actually work and that her Mm -hmm. husband would actually change. She she had resigned herself. She thought, you don't know my husband. She said to me, Nicola, he's not going to change. He's really stubborn. And she found that you know, halfway through the program, the online program, that he was shifting, and then by the end, it, it really had, had a transformation. And she just said that she wished that 
know, those five years that she was miserable, that she, she hadn't um, done that. And the other lady was a lady called Sarah, and she had been listening to my podcast for some time and reading my articles, and she thought that, um, and I'm sure I'm saying that she thought, well, she knows everything. She said I could share. She, she thought that she read a lot, and because she had listened to a lot of marriage support, then that would be enough. You know, the key thing is that listening to things and talking about things and thinking about things doesn't really do anything. And they were having clashes on finances, on control issues, and on the children. And so it was her last hope, and uh, she was glad that she, she signed up because, again, her husband had a real transformation um, quite quickly. And, it, you know, they, they were able to get the results by, um, by applying the test. That's amazing. Um, it, it, it's just quite amazing to me when uh, you know you you have these different people coming from different circumstances with with reticence around how this could work for them, and then seeing how it can. Um, it's just amazing to me. So how how do you go about saving someone's marriage? Um, you've talked about this this program um, a little bit uh, in in passing, Nicola. So. Um, I'm assuming you have a specific process that you you take people through, whether it's through the online program or um, whether you work with them privately one on one. Yeah, having worked now with hundreds of couples, I have a really strong process that it focuses on rebuilding connections, love, trust, and communication. And everything I believe really comes down to connections with yourself. Because if your connection has been destroyed, then you probably no longer want to be touched or to be intimate with them. Your communication breaks down when you've got no connection. You feel lonely when you've got no connection. And you um, you find yourself overreacting to different things. And if you've got no connection as well, similar to what we talked about in the first episode, you you're questioning about whether you should stay or whether you should you should go. And all of that uh, really does affect the marriage. So the emphasis is on, on the steps is about increasing connection, helping people to become close again and to reconnect. So there's 10 main steps. Mm-hmm. The first one is about knowing the 10 essential keys to transformation. What do people need to do? What's involved in signing up to a marriage changing program? What's expected of them? What are they going to gain? Mm-hmm. What do they? What's going to motivate them? What are their reasons why they're doing it? Mm-hmm. Really around the mindset, because sometimes there does need to be a shift in mindset. So mm-hmm. I really strengthen some people's conviction. I know why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for my children. I'm doing it for whatever these reasons are. Yeah. And also making a firm decision, getting them to say, I'm doing this no matter what, I'm you know, really gonna gonna focus on this because whatever we focus on in life, mm-hmm. we get results. Yeah. And it's true. So it's really getting that energy, getting the mindset, get getting ready for what, what is expected. The next thing that I do is I have a list of fifteen vital relationship needs that people have to be happy and I get couples to evaluate what are their top five what what if they have their top five they're going to be consistently feeling loved consistently happy it will make them feel secure and at, at peace as well in the relationship because we want passion mm-hmm. but we also just want it to be volatile we want that peace and so mm-hmm. by working out what they are can start to rebuild the love and the trust and the respect. And then it's about setting a plan around that. Okay, these are what we need. So how are we going to do this? What actions are, are, do I need to take to achieve what I'm really looking for and, and to have that, that strong sense of happiness? Those are the first three steps. 
Yeah. Fourth is overcoming negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, negativity is um, a real silent relationship killer. Mm. So why do I say that? Because if you're thinking, okay, my partner's lazy or they don't care about me or they, they're, they're going to leave me or the relationship is doomed or they're not interested in me anymore, and you continually think that same thought, and unfortunately yeah. it's just you do get stuck into thought patterns that go repeat and repeat and repeat. Yeah. Um, but but it, it, if, you, if you consistently repeat a negative thought about your partner, about the relationship, then you're not going to want to be close to them. No, it just reinforces it, doesn't it? Yeah. So any actions you're doing to be loving aren't they really going to either, they're going to be difficult to do, or you're going to do them, but then you're going to do something in complete opposite to what you've just done because you've got this negativity going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, Nicola. In fact, my husband and I have even had those conversations ourselves, you know, and um, the luckily luckily, we have a, a certain level of awareness when we, create, when we know that we're doing it or one of us knows that the other's doing it. And then, you know, the request to shift that, shift that, that thought process, you know, helps to focus on more of the positive things and get out of that negative cycle. And it, it's interesting how we've noticed that um, with each other on the odd occasion. So, and I'm sure every, every couple has that experience. So I, I know how powerful that can be. And just to really draw attention to how you're being negative, I think is really powerful, Nicola. So important part of the program, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, and just giving people the tools to actually change that. Yes. So the most common, the most common one is they're they're controlling, right. you know, they're, or they're selfish. Those are the two most common. And if you've got that on, then anything your partner does that might be slightly, you know, not for you, or mm-hmm. you know, they start to relate it. And so giving people the power to say, well, you can switch this. And what else can you think instead? Well, you can think that, um, you know, they have a right to, to mention when they're upset or they have a right to put themselves first on occasions or whatever it is, and there's ways to change that. So, yeah, that can make a huge difference, just that one step on its own. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Um, what are the other steps um, that you sure. we've got to number four, um, which is overcoming negativity? What other steps are there? So there's reconnecting with yourself. Often people can lose themselves in a marriage. They don't know what's important, most important to them or they become this angry or bitter person that they're not really. Mm-hmm. And so ask them to connect with what they need, what they want in their life, in, in, in who they are as a partner, what's important to them mm-hmm. to be as a husband or a wife, what's important to them to be as a father or a mother and as a person. Um, and we do that because of step as well just purely just from the point of view of reconnecting with who you are because I think a lot of people feel that um, as they you know when a marriage um, is struggling and and they, they've lost that sense of themselves and um, uh, you know the the other thing I wanted to point to mention about that is that you know I'm, I'm assuming that also you know Knowing who you are and being able to stand firmly in that is actually what your partner probably fell in love with to begin with. Absolutely. It's so important. Yeah. And so many people, when they, um, when I, I speak to them, they, they really don't know who they are or they, they don't know, uh, they're, they're not acting in the way that they used to act. They're not acting how they used to be at the beginning. They've lost themselves somewhere along the way. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. 
Okay, so we've got five, which is connection with self, six, which is overcoming resentment and past hurt. What is the next one? So seven is looking, you know, understanding the, the key to solving most problems. And a lot of relationship differences happen because of the fear-shame dynamic. So I don't want to get into too much detail, but I don't want to overwhelm some people. But really, just I give a tool to understand what drives most arguments. But normally it's the fear, fear, in it, fear of... Um, not enough money, fear of insecurity in the relationship, mm -hmm. fear of um, being shamed, fear of failure, and helping couples to realize, okay, rather than um, arguing and fighting through when someone is acting out or causing a, um, you know, an argument or something in a relationship, to actually recognize, okay, this is fear and losing each other and mm -hmm. harming each other, and, and going from a place of love and compassion rather than reacting to it and letting things escalate. Interesting. I love that, Nicola. Because there's always something underneath that's driving the behavior, right? <coughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Okay. So what, um, what's the next one? So number eight, uh, this is looking at what successful couples do, how successful couples communicate. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different things within this, uh, not being defensive and um, the policy of joint agreement and gen generally having studied what makes marriages work, interviewing lots of people that have been married for 30, even 40 years, what are their communication success secrets yeah. and giving <laughs> these and sharing these with, with people in the program. And then number nine is revising physical intimacy. Mm. Uh, often intimacy breaks down, and that's natural if connection has broken down, if communication has broken down, well, it's obvious that you're not really going to be intimate. Um, but some couples worry that actually uh, can they get it back and how, to, how can it be done naturally. Now, yes. I do not believe that there is one way. Mm. So help heal in this area, I've studied lots of different experts, yeah. four main ones yeah. that I actually respect, and I think their approach to this is um, beneficial, it works for a lot of the, the clients that I work with, so in the program I'll say, okay, these are four different ways, yeah. and couples to then discuss it and to choose what way they can choose to revive their, their intimacy. Oh, very good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that there's not a one-size-fits-all sort of um, focus there because um, every situation is different, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Especially when it comes to something just personal as that. Yeah. Wow. That's really great. And 10, what's, not, what's the 10th step? So 10 is one of my favorites. And if you're struggling in your relationship, it's often because we lack a shared reason for being together or we've lost sight of why we're together, we've lost sight of things to look forward to in the future. The step 10 is creating a shared meaning, purpose, and some shared goals of why it's important for you to be together and what you've got to look forward to. So making and, and creating a shared vision is, is what step 10 is all about. Yeah, beautiful. Love that. It's interesting because a lot of coaching programs start with that, but it makes sense that you would end with that in this particular case, Nicola, because you're not going to be ready to look at that in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. You've got work to do before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Because that's why all the steps, they build on each other. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So can you tell us some... Um, of some of the case studies that you've um, experienced that, uh, um, you know, where people have gone through this process with you? Sure. So um, I've been working with uh, um, Phil and Deborah. Um, mm -hmm. I'll give you, that, give you their example. Yeah. And um, they started the program, and they just really found that the, the way the steps work together were, I mean, it, just as soon as they've done the relationship needs and understanding where the differences 
were there and coming from because um, Deborah believed that she was making her husband happy by keeping the house clean and by doing all the meals and looking after the children. And so she was so all of that that they, they didn't really have much time for affection mm-hmm. or conversation or going out. She was always very much, you know, I'm showing my love by making sure that everything in the house is great. And through doing the process, Phil was like, well, I would rather hire a cleaner or get you some other support or ask my mum to come and release some of the childcare. And I would rather you all, you know, have a microwave meal and have you happy and you relax and you spending time with me. Yeah, so it's kind of shifting priorities, I, I'm guessing, Nicola. Yeah. Well, they didn't know that yeah. that, that was important. So yes. Deborah presumed that the most important thing and the way that she should show Phil love is through doing all of these acts in the home, mm. whereas he, was, he couldn't care less about that yeah. in his work. He really wanted a companion. He wanted someone to have fun with. He wanted someone to talk to. Yeah. And that was more important to, to him. Um, and I've had it on as well on the other side where um, lots of men... Um, get annoyed about things not being done in the house mm-hmm. and want, wanting um, things to, to be done. And again, the, the couple realise that they, they've got different needs and they're not understanding each other's needs because we often go about giving each other what what we want. Um, so there's been lots of changes just in the first two steps, mm-hmm. the first three really understanding what we need in a relationship. And the resentment, I mean, many people that I've worked with find that the resentment is really a life-changing process. Mm. Learning that holding on to it is harming you, that it doesn't protect you from future hurt, it's um, damaging, and just letting it go. And then they find that they can then enjoy the relationship. What would you say, Nicola, to people who say, oh, I don't, re- I don't resent my partner. Um, I don't think that I do. Well, um, that's a really good question. I think, really, a resentment is just a small amount of anger. Mm. And if, if, you, if you think that um, you, you do more in your marriage than them, if you think that mm-hmm. at any kind of, of negative thought, there's normally some kind of resentment there. Yeah. You know, yes. It can be subtle, right? Yeah, it can mm-hmm. be subtle. It can be it can be small things. And normally yeah. I find that if someone doesn't have resentment, they can often have the other silent pillar, which I mentioned is step four, which is the negativity. Yeah, yeah. So there's normally in a couple, one has resentment and one has the negativity or both have, have both. So yeah. And I'm guessing uh, just dig, doing a little digging, you know, helps to reveal, you know, whether there actually is resentment there or whether it is the negativity piece that's uh, eroding the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you think something negative about your partner or you, you, you share with your friends or your family, oh, I can't believe they've done this, mm. that's a small fraction of resentment there. Yeah. And once, once you learn that, let it go and it just has to stay with you and it, it, it can be liberating. Yeah, yeah. Powerful. So, uh, Nicola, what else may be needed to, be, you know, to be looked at when it comes to saving a marriage? So these steps are really powerful for creating love and letting go individually of anything mm. that is impacting the relationship. The other things that really um, can come up and are love destroyers, and there's three main ones that come up time and time again that I'm going to mention here because they're, they're so key and they can actually, they need to be addressed in their own right. And there are three A's. So you have anger. Um, if anger isn't expressed appropriately, if someone has kind of... Um, a reaction where they are um, 
But when they just they just react, they just overreact, they explode, and that definitely affects marriage and destroys love. Yeah. And acts like that normally starts in childhood. Mm-hmm. And steps are opportunities to change those patterns if anger does escalate. The thing is that it can be it can be changed. Yeah. And uh, as part of the the online program and when I work with couples one to one as well. Then I do give tips to actually taking control and actually choosing how to express anger in a healthy way. Because anger is a natural emotion. Yeah. It's just when it becomes explosive that it becomes quite dangerous. Yeah, there's a healthy um, way to express it and there's an unhealthy way. Yeah. And passive aggressiveness, the silent treatment, also is not going to help relationships. If you're not talking about um, the, the issues where you're not facing them because you're completely shutting down, you're not giving the opportunity for a relationship to heal yeah. either. So focus on that. Second one, the second A, is affairs. Mm, um, I'm sure that's a big one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that these days you have emotional affairs, physical affairs, cyber affairs. And if someone is definitely still in the picture, it's very hard to save the marriage. Sometimes I will have couples come to me to save the marriage and one person is still in touch with someone else. Yeah. And that can be a challenge. So, again, it's one of the bonuses. I really make sure that um, there's, there's some tips there on how to recover from an affair, what the recovery cycle looks like, the timeline looks like. It's one of the most common questions is how long will it take us to feel um, to, to repair the relationship, or how long will it take me to feel better again and trust again, and how to affair through the marriage. And then the, the third A that comes up a lot that really does impact relations is addictive habits, habits addictive patterns, yeah. whether that's alcohol, <laughs> um, addiction, porn, sex, or drugs, shopping, phone, even game addiction. Yeah. Some people have, you know, at any time in a marriage where a person took the addiction before the family and the, the spouse says this is a problem, it becomes a problem. It doesn't yeah. matter whether they define it as an addiction or not. If it's a causing a problem, then it's a problem in yeah. the marriage. So there's certainly various different ways I work with individuals and couples to break free of that. Individuals actually change their habits and, and free themselves if they're ready to. But sometimes it's actually starting with the spouse that's not doesn't have the addictive pattern and helping them to relieve some of the stress and to, to let some of the they're trying to control the situation. Of course, you cannot control someone else. But just helping them and supporting them through it. Yeah. But it sounds like you're helping them. <coughs> Excuse me. That you're helping them to gain some perspective as well around what's happening in their lives, uh, Nicola. Yeah, uh, and, and and really having the tools to make an individual shift mm-hmm. as well as a, a a shift for the couple. Do you think that um, the other spouse starts to create um, their own addictions when they have an addictive uh, partner? I definitely that quite a lot, mm. especially in, um, sometimes it's going to be an addiction to solving their partner's addiction. <laughs> um, the rescuing um, piece. The rescuing, the dependency, mm-hmm. where they become um, so obsessed trying to control the other person and what they're doing that their life becomes revolving around trying to help their partner, but it ends up not helping the partner. Yeah. Um, the best efforts um, don't, don't have, so it's a real shame. Yeah, and I'm sure that uh, food, it must become an addiction as well for certain people too when they're, they're eating their sadness or hurt or um, pain. Um, I'm sure yeah, that must be a common one. Yeah, I mean, food is actually, thanks for mentioning that, food is probably one of the most common, if not the most common. Yeah. Uh, it's late at night. You know, you're feeling lonely in the marriage if you're not doing anything to try and transform things. So you, mm-hmm. you get comfort in food. And then I have it the other, 
people go the other way where they just don't want to eat. They, they just mm. refuse to, to give their, their body what it needs. Wow. It's amazing what we can do to ourselves. Okay, so what advice would you give? In fact, um, you know, what do you want to share with them before we continue, um, Nicola? Because I know there's so much fantastic information that you're sharing right now, um, but I'm sure that people are also interested in knowing how to find this information, find out more about the um, the online program or how to get in touch with you, you know, all of those things. So do you want to share a, a bit about that? Sure. So um, my website is www.savemymarriageprogram.com. Now, on there, you will find a, a tab that is called free. Now, under that, there will be a free video. And that's got the 10 essential keys for marriage confirmation. It's got part of the step one in my 10-step program that I mentioned. So you can watch the webinar there and really learn what the keys are to marriage confirmation if you're interested in finding out more. So the, so the online program, it's under the services section. So it's www.savemymarriageprogram.com and then forward.com forward slash online. And you can get all of the details there about the, the online program. And on that website, it also have, have the contact page. Wonderful. And so that video, Nicola, does that go into a little bit more depth around the 10 steps that you talk about? Um, it's not the 10 steps that I've covered today, but it oh. covers the 10 keys okay. to the marriage transformation. So what are the, the Okay, great, perfect. So more wonderful content there, Nicola. That's awesome. Okay, so yeah. so people can go to uh, savemymarriageprogram.com forward slash online to learn more about the program. Um, they can go to the free tab to find the video or webinar that you talked about with the 10 essential keys. Um, and um, just going to save my marriage program.com just to find out more generally about you and they can contact you through the contact page there. Is that right, Nicola? Yeah, that's perfect. Awesome. Okay, great. <laughs> Fabulous. So let's continue because there's so much wonderful information here. I'm sure uh, people listening are really um, interested to hear more. So what advice would you share with, with the listeners to help them have a healthy, happy marriage? Well, I think once you've got that connection and you've, you've, you've got that back, what really can help couples stay connected is what I call a marriage magic success formula. And really, it's, you know, a lot of, one of the main objections people say is, I don't, we don't have time. Mm -hmm. We don't have time to, to each day to, to focus on the marriage. So I came up with this 15-minute formula so for people that have actually been on my program, they've got back that connection or couples that already have a really strong connection. And it's about maintaining the relationship on a daily basis. And um, it's 15 minutes a day. And I, I like A's. So um, it's really focusing on four main A's. And so these are, number one is attention. Mm -hmm. So really giving your spouse attention. So when they walk in the house after being out or in the morning or in you know, asking them, how are you? How did you sleep? How was your day? And really giving them your attention. One of the most common things I have in marriage counseling is that my partner um, is always on the phone, not giving me their attention. They, they ask me a question. They don't even care about the answer. So attention is key. And it only could take seven minutes. Seven minutes to just Give your partner that undivided attention each day so they know that you know, they are important. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Uh, the next one is affection. Um, if you can, at least three times a day, before you go to bed, you can cuddle each other, say goodnight in the morning, before you leave, when you enter the home. You know, affection shows um, and that physical touch is so important. Mm -hmm. Even if you're with the but just holding each other and 
having that level in place is a really good way to keep that connection. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's uh, some. It's part of the intimacy, right? It doesn't have to be sex to be intimate. It's uh, it's about touch and um, connection. Yeah, yeah, and you know, we like that. So, and then the the next day is appreciation. Most relationship fallouts happen because one or both in the marriage feel that they're taken for granted. A lot. I know I hear complaints a lot that I don't feel appreciated, I don't feel valued. It's expressing appreciation and being specific about it, not saying, oh, thanks, or, you know, what you really need to do is make it specific so it's much more meaningful, like, I really appreciate that you've done this, or I really love it when you, you do this, or I really um, admire the way you're looking tonight. So, heartfelt appreciation goes such a long way and we learn when we're looking after children that you give four positive things and then one negative mm. and you know a lot of parenting experts will say that well it's the same for adult relationships as well yeah. we need positive reinforcement we need to hear that we're loved we're admired we're we're doing, um, we're appreciated, we're valued, because if not, we can become frustrated. Yeah, that makes a lot of, a lot of sense. Okay. Um, and the last A is admiration. We all love to be admired, and we all want to be around people that admire us. So when you admire your spouse, you're giving them that gift of feeling good, and they're going to want to be around you. And if they reciprocate to you, you're going to want to be around them. And so for this one, you don't even need to be near, the, you know, be physically touching them or doing anything. You can just hold them dear in your heart yeah. and, and just hold what you admire. And this will change how you react towards them. It will also help you get rid of any negative or resentful or, or difficult, any feelings that you have that aren't positive mm-hmm. when you connect to what do I love about my partner? What do I respect? What makes, why am I with them? Why did I get with them? What do I really admire about them? And it could be about the way they treat you, the way they are at work, the way they are with your children, anything. If you do that, you'll really start to feel your heart connected to them, and that really keeps the connection alive. Yeah. Wow. Those are really uh, powerful um, uh, tips of advice there, Nicola, because I can imagine how each one can make such a difference. Um, and yet they're such small things, you know, but when you put your attention on them, it can make it can make such a difference. Yeah. It's yeah. really, yeah. Um, just, just taking that time, as I said, it doesn't take long. No. Either. And it's interesting because um, I think when you look at a, a marriage, you know, so often you're kind of uh, doing your things day to day and, um, you know, if you count up the time that you have actually spent connecting with your partner, you know, some, I think a lot of people would struggle to come up with that 15 minutes. Like, yeah, I didn't really do anything, you know, maybe maybe two minutes if, if, if they were lucky. Um, you know, so people think that they're spending that time, but they're not really. Yeah, um, um, this comes up a lot where couples say, well, we're, we're at home together, you know, that they're, yes. they're in together, but they're sitting on separate sofas, mm-hmm. sleeping in separate beds mm-hmm. quite often, mm-hmm. or, or they're, they're having meals where they put their on the phones all night. So yeah. that is not together. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, ground rules needed there for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's exactly what couples do in the program, they come up with their own rules together. Yeah. You know want someone to say, well, you don't do this or don't do that. Yeah. But when the couples listen to either me or the audios, then mm-hmm. they can create their own plan for, for keeping that connection alive. Yeah. Wonderful. I have to say, Nicola, I'm so impressed with all the things that you do in your program. I think uh, Clive and I will be doing, taking ourselves through it, you know, just to 
because I think even though our, our marriage is, is is okay, you know, it's it's um, you know from the point of view of you know all the challenges that we face, um, and you know we 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 definitely know uh, of course that we love one another and. But, you know, there are things that can wear down a marriage, and I think it's really important to be able to support your marriage as best as possible. You know, so I think your program, you know, could really do that for us, you know, just from what you've shared so far. Yeah, absolutely. The, I think the power of just stepping into action mm. and focusing on it, we focus so much time on our career, mm. on our finances, and relationships we often take for granted. Yeah. think, well, they'll just be there, so... Yeah, that's right. It, it, they often fall to the back burner, right? You know, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll pay attention to that. This is more important right now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I see us doing that in our, um, with our vacations, our holidays, you know, because we have our, ho- we have our family all over the world. And so a lot of the time that we, and, and friends as well, a lot of the time where we, we spend time traveling is to go and see other people. But we actually end up neglecting having those special holiday times, just the two of us, you know, and, and really focusing on one another. So that's just an example I can think of for us, you know, how that, uh, how that can sort of creep in, you know. Yeah, um, and that's quite common, really. The best thing to do is try and make the relationship the priority. What yeah. do you choose first? Yeah. And then what the family needs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow, awesome. Um, so um, anything else you want to share, you know, in regards to the four A's? No, I think um, just making them a habit, really. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's great. Okay, um so is there anything specific you would like to invite our listeners to do or have we we've done that already, haven't we, with the um the ten essential keys to marriage transformation video um that you mentioned? Um I see here um in my notes, Nicola, that you have it as save my marriage program dot com forward slash video. Is that right or is it online? <coughs> So on, online is the program, okay. and that's where they can sign up to, to begin the 10 steps to saving their marriage. And if they wanted a bit more information on one of the steps, or if, if they also wanted to um, get the 10 essential keys to transformation, then they can get the video, it's free, mm-hmm. and that's available at the forward slash video. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Um, so, is there, um, I think in wrapping up, um, Nicola, you know, is there some pearl of wisdom that you'd like to leave the the listeners with on this particular topic today? Really, it's just to, if you are in 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 a situation where you're not happy and your spouse has said that they don't want to do counseling or they, um, they're not sure about it, it's just not the way to put your own happiness on hold. Yeah. Because you can really make up 50, um, you, you do make up 50% of the relationship, and with the right actions, you, know, you can have uh, a big influence. And yeah. it's not, not, not leaving your, your happiness to, to fate, because nothing feels worse than feeling stuck. Yeah. And you know, having helped lots of people get out of depression, I think the difference, the main difference between depression and having a lot of problems is, unfortunately, the person that feels depressed feels that there's no way out. Yeah. Uh, that's what you need to do. You need to create steps to, to get a way out. Yeah. And so if you're feeling stuck, married, if you're stuck in that uncertainty or you're feeling um, down about it, mm-hmm. then...
the only thing they need to, to bear in mind or to, to deal with is that voice that says, why should I? Why should it be me? Mm. Um, but if you can master that and if you can let go of that, um, you know, that the results can be amazing. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. It's, uh, it's really powerful, this, Nicola. I'm so glad that we had this conversation today and um, that we've uh, been able to cover these, all these different things. And, and um, I'm ho hoping that uh, uh, those who are listening are, are also really taking lots of value away from this um, and checking out the things that you've shared on your, on your website. Um, so thank you so much for this conversation today. Um, I really enjoyed enjoyed it, and uh, um, I just want to let everyone know that this is the second episode in an ep in a series of three. So um, our third episode, which is called "How to Protect Your Children Through Divorce and Overcome Co-Parenting Challenges," so even if you're not getting divorced, you know, just knowing how to support your children, you know, through um, your difficulties in your marriage can also be something I think you'll touch on as well, Nicola, won't you? So, um, but also to, you know, how to support children when you are going through divorce, or, you know, you've made that decision that that's the right course of action. Um, you know, I think that's going to be a really interesting episode as well. And I know, Nicola, that you're very passionate about making sure that children come through, um, you know, the experience of their parents' divorce and still feeling whole and well-adjusted and, you know, can go on to lead productive lives and have, you know, productive um, um, relationships themselves. Um, and I know you can relate to that from your own experiences, for sure. Yes, definitely. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, supporting anyone that's contemplating or going through a divorce or coming out of divorce if they have children. Um, to help themselves, you know, part of it is focusing on making them feel strong and, and cope with the, the roller coaster of emotions that divorce brings. Yeah. And then things they can do to help the children. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, so thank you everyone for listening and thank you, Nicola, for being here and ciao for now. Thank you for listening to Divorce Talk with Nicola Beer. If you have enjoyed the program, please leave a rating and review on iTunes so more people dealing with marriage breakdown and divorce get the support they need. If you want more great free resources, such as secrets to a happier relationship, moving on fast after divorce, or tips on parenting through divorce, be sure to visit www.purepeacecoaching.com today.